Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. We are now back to, I don't know when we started this, it was back in August, I think, this uh, walk through the Gospels. And what we're doing is do, doing it in a chronological timeline with the harmony of the Gospels. So we're going to be reading different Gospels throughout the chronology of the timeline of Jesus' life and his ministry. And the first week we started off with the genealogy of Jesus, and we looked at Matthew chapter 1 and Luke chapter 3. And Matthew chapter 1 covers the genealogy of his father, stepfather that is, or adopted father, uh, Joseph. And then Luke covered the um, genealogy of Mary. So that Matthew was there to prove, remember his, his whole, thank you very much, Kayla. His whole um, reason for writing was to present Christ as the rightful king, as the rightful heir to the throne of David, as well as the rightful Messiah. And that's why Matthew opens up saying the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. All right, so son of David being the king and the son of Abraham being a son of promise, of covenant, the one who would redeem Israel. And um, so then Luke wanted to make sure he covered Mary's bloodline so that we see that Jesus was legitimate either way, either through Joseph or through Mary, and he was truly. Uh, and, and, and Luke also, because he gave Mary's genealogy instead of Joseph's, he was also there presenting to us the humanity of Christ, him being the son of man. Amen. John was all about the son of God, book, the gospel of John, but Jesus brought the humanity of Christ to us, Jesus the man. So now, speaking of, and that's why Luke is the one who records his birth, um, but we're going to go to Luke chapter 1, and we're going to read a few scriptures tonight. Um, we're, as I said, we're going chronologically, so we're in the very beginning, and now we're going to see the announcement of John the Baptist as well as Jesus through angelic visitation. Luke chapter 1, verse 5 says, There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah. His wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. Verse 6, And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. But they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both well advanced in years. So it was that while he was serving as priest before God in the order of his division, According to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people was praying outside at the hour of incense. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer is heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. So we know what Zacharias was praying about. As soon as the angel showed up, your prayer's been heard, your wife's going to have a son. And you will have joy, verse 14, you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. Wow, what an experience that must have been even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah 
to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Uh, This was also um, foretold by two different prophets in the Old Testament about John's coming. And Malachi uh, chapter 3 and verse 1, as well as Isaiah chapter 40, verse 3. And Mark chapter 1 shows us both of those prophecies. Mark chapter 1 and verse 2. Did I give that to you, Brooke? I didn't? I'm sorry about that. I overlooked that one. Mark chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. As it is written in the prophets, speaking of Malachi and Isaiah, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. That's Malachi. And then Isaiah says, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. So as well as the the coming Christ, the Redeemer, was foretold, there's these references to John the Baptist as well. And so he would be the one who would have a very unique office, a very unique place in the kingdom of God and in in the time of humanity because John John the Baptist was what was known as the bridge prophet. He was there to kind of close up the the old covenant and then to, uh, to preview the new covenant that was coming. And that New Covenant was all found in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, who had a very unique role. Nobody else had that role. And the Scripture said that when he comes, it would be in the power of Elijah. All right? And now let's go over to Luke chapter 1, verse 26, and we're going to see another announcement of another birth. Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. 29, but when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Notice that both Zacharias and Mary were both troubled at the saying of the angel. A little difference was, though, it says that then great fear fell upon Zacharias, but she started thinking. She started thinking. She started considering what kind of greeting is this. Verse 30, then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I do not know a man? Lord, I've done nothing in the natural to make this happen. And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Isn't it awesome that the Holy Spirit was going to be highly involved in both of these conceptions? That John would be filled with the Spirit from his birth. And at Jesus' conception, the Holy Spirit would be the one to make that happen. The Holy Spirit would come upon this virgin girl, and the power of the highest would overshadow her. Therefore, also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Verse 36, Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her her who was called barren. Verse 37, let's read verse 37 together, please. For with God nothing will be impossible. Let's read it like it's Friday instead of Wednesday. Ready? For with God, nothing will be impossible. You believe that tonight? Amen. Let's say it one more time. For with God, let me hear you. Nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, 
Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. This is one of the truths I want to bring out to you tonight from this passage. Nothing is impossible with God. I know you hear that, but you need to keep hearing it. Because every day you're faced with challenges. Faced with a new thing, a new situation, a new feeling, a new circumstance. And you need to keep hearing, with God, all things are possible. Amen? Nothing is impossible with God. And, and I want to just cross-reference that with Luke 18, 27, where Jesus said these words. I love this. Jesus, uh, Luke 18, 27. But he said, this is Jesus, the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. Okay? And that's why we, we need to remember that, that it, the, the possibilities are not subject to our ability. All right? Or they are only, they are found in the, His ability and then our believing in Him. Amen? Amen? Jesus said, if you can believe, all things are possible to Him who believes. Our part is to believe it. His part is to perform it. All right? To show us that all things are possible with Him. So let me just remind you today, maybe there's something that's beyond your, your ability right now, beyond your means, beyond your help. But let me just remind you tonight, with God, nothing's impossible. Okay? Believe that tonight. Believe that truth. Believe the Word of the Lord. Amen. Amen. What's our response to this? What is our response? What is your response when this word comes to you, when this truth comes to you with God, all things are possible? What's our response to that? What Mary's was? Be it unto me according to your word. Let it be to me according to your word. Let it be to me. Let's say that. Let it be to me according to your word. Let it be to me, according to your word. Hmm? Whatever situation that you're in right now where you need, according to his word, just apply that right now. Let it be to me, according to your word, Lord. Let it be to me, not according to to what I'm seeing. I, I don't walk that way. I don't live that way. I walk by faith. And I believe your word. And I believe that it is ever powerful, living, powerful, sharper than any two edged sword. Amen. As I was going through this and noticed that these two women, Elizabeth being advanced in age and never having a child, she's barren, the scripture says, and she has John the Baptist, and then there's Mary, who's, I mean, that's the ultimate barren womb, a virgin. And she conceives and bears a child. And I just peeked back throughout the scriptures to see God's work in barren women. You know the first barren woman that's mentioned in the scriptures? Anybody? Sarah. Sarah, who was 90 years old when she conceived and bore Isaac. 90 years old, she was barren, and yet she had Isaac, the son of promise. Her daughter-in-law, Rebecca, Isaac's wife, was also barren. But you know what? She conceived. And she had two boys, Jacob and Esau. Then Sarah's granddaughter, Rachel, was also barren. There's an issue in this family, right? But you know what? All of them conceived because they were people of faith. Even though they kept having to deal with that issue of barrenness, all of them 
passed down, all of them overcame it by faith. Ooh, that's good, isn't it? See? So there is, there is nothing, even if you've had it in your heritage, even if you've had it in your, in your family line, things being passed down, if you walk by faith, you can see that you can have a whole different experience, whole different reality. Amen. They all bore children. And, and Rachel bore Joseph and Benjamin, the two youngest of Jacob's children. Joseph and Benjamin both. And then there's, we don't have her name. It's kind of weird. As I was reading the story, I kept thinking, why her name never comes up? But it's a woman, 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 the wife of Manoah. But her name's never mentioned, and she's the mother of Samson. She was also barren. And you remember the story when the angel of the Lord came to her and told her that she needed to keep that vow. Remember that he would be a Nazarite to the Lord, and also that vow was upon her as well. Samson, think about all these who were born, who changed the world, who were born from a womb that had once been barren. Isaac, Jacob, Esau, Joseph, Benjamin, Joseph. Joseph, for Pete's sake, 25% of Genesis is dedicated to his life. Samson, the story of Samson. We, I preached on Samson some time ago. I mean, what a, what a great judge in Israel. And then the next one was Hannah. Hannah was barren. And she was desperate for a son, and she made a deal with God. Lord, if you give me a son, I'll give him back to you. I'll dedicate to you. I'll lend him to you, and he'll, he'll be raised in the house of God. And God answered her prayer, and the first prophet, Samuel, was born. The one who would anoint Saul, the one who would anoint David as king over Israel. Pretty important guy. Well, Hannah didn't stop with Samuel. The Lord so blessed her that Samuel went on to have three brothers and two sisters. I mean, they were making up for lost time. And then there was John the Baptist and Jesus. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. And listen, whatever uh, impossibility you might be facing today, just understand, just look to this and be inspired that not only can you have what doesn't, what the circumstances tell you you can't have, what your life may have handed to you at this point, but it can have great impact. All of these did something significant for God and for the kingdom of God, all right? So you can expect greatness to come out of your barren situation. Amen. Now let's look at Luke chapter 1, verse 41. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary. So the angel tells Mary that Elizabeth, your relative, is now six months pregnant. Well, Mary makes this journey to Elizabeth's house, all right? So she gets there, and it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb. This is John the Baptist. She's six months pregnant, and this babe leaped in her womb. Now watch this. And Elizabeth, Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Right there, the, I, I heard brace go, in my head when I was studying this. How does she know? How does Elizabeth know that Mary is carrying her Lord? So I went back to the previous story of John the Baptist and his conception. Now the angel didn't come to Elizabeth. He came to Zacharias, her husband. And he spoke to Zacharias and told him about all the things that were going to happen, what John the Baptist would be, and and there's very specific instructions about what he can and cannot have, and what he's going to do for Israel, preparing the way of the Lord. He said nothing about, said nothing about Mary 
conceiving and bearing the Lord Jesus Christ. None of it was there. As a matter of fact, Zacharias uh, went mute. At the end of that meeting, he couldn't speak. And the angel did that because Zacharias was afraid, and he doubted what the angel said. He did not have the same response Mary did. Let it be unto me according to your word. He doubted this deal, and the angel said, you know what? It's better that you don't talk for a while so you don't, you don't throw all that doubt and unbelief out of your mouth and stop this thing, so we're going to shut you up for a while. So he, couldn't, he came out of the temple like, and the people were thinking, what in the world happened to our priest? But look, she says it. Elizabeth says. I mean, they... There was no Facebook post to check out. There was, no, there was no phone call. Mary had to make a journey to get there. And when she gets there and she says, hello, she didn't say, it's the mother of the Lord here. How did Elizabeth know this? How did she figure this out? She had to have a revelation, right? There had to be a revelation come to her. Well, I think, I think, I think, I think, I think I know why. I think I know how she knew. We just read it. The babe leaped in her womb and what happened? And Elizabeth, verse 41, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Not only did John get filled with the Holy Spirit, but Elizabeth got filled with the Holy Spirit. Isn't that interesting? And all of a sudden, when it happened, it says she spoke out with a loud voice. It's like she had a new understanding. It says she spoke out with a loud voice and talked about Mary. And then she said, how is it that the mother of my Lord has come to me? Only that revelation could come by the Spirit of God. You know, that's why it's important that we be filled with the Spirit and, and, and know what the Spirit of God does, what His operation and function is in our life. John chapter 16, verse 13, Jesus talking to His disciples, and He told them at one point, He said, it's, it's to your advantage that I go away. It's to your advantage that I go away from here, um, but I'm not going to leave you helpless. I'm, I'm going to send the Helper. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit He's going to come instead. And I, I can imagine that they were trying to reason that out. How is it to our advantage that you go away? Because we're just now getting things done. I mean, you're going around healing the sick, raising the dead. Uh, we we got to get you on the throne. I mean, you're supposed to be king. You're supposed to help throw off this Roman rule, and we are going to establish the kingdom of God. This is, this is why you've come, surely, right, Jesus? And he says, to your advantage that I go. But then he said, but the helper's coming. And it's going to be a whole different experience with me now because I'm with you here, but through the Spirit, I'm going to be in you. Always. Always in you. However, when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth, for He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak, and He will tell you things to come. That's why, that's why we have a prophetic conference. One of the reasons. Because we like to know what's coming. Sometimes they're there to, to confirm what's already in our hearts. But many times, prophecy is foretelling. And these who are operating that gift, especially the office of the prophet, they declare things to come that we don't know, that we can't see. But God uses them to reveal by His Spirit what's to come. It's one of the marvelous manifestations and gifts of the Spirit of God. And he's, Jesus said, He's going to tell you things to come. That way, you can always be in the know, not about the now, but about what's coming. Hmm? Isn't that awesome? So this revelation comes when the Spirit of God is in us. I, I want to look at a couple other places, and then we'll move forward. Um, let's see, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. The Apostle Paul teaches us 
about what the Spirit, who He is and what He does for us. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love Him. But now that the Spirit of God has come, amen, since Jesus has ascended and has sat down at the right hand of God and He sent His Spirit, now, verse 10, but God has revealed them, them what? Those things that we didn't know. Those things that were not revealed to us, those things we couldn't understand, the things that, that God has prepared for us, but now we know these things because God has revealed them to us through His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. Verse 11, for what man knows the things of a man except the Spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. See, the Spirit of God is how you know God. It's how you know the things of God. Verse 12. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Verse 13, these things we also speak. Do you see that? These things we also speak. In other words, whatever the Spirit's saying, revealing to us, we're, that's what we're talking about. It's one thing for you to hear the Spirit of God tell you things, but it's a whole other thing for you to get it in your mouth. Because when you get it in your mouth, you get it in your life. It's not just a kind of an ethereal wish, hope, oh, that'd be great. No, you start, you start building the material. That, your words, as soon as you declare those things, they're the building material for that thing to manifest right before your eyes. Amen. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. So we need that teacher, and he is our teacher. He's our guide. He guides us into all truth. He shows us things to come, and here, according to this, he teaches us things. And in 1 John 2.27, one more place, but the anointing which you have received from him abides in you. Isn't that good to know? Oh, Lord, we need more anointing. What'd you get, like 25% anointing when you got saved? You need more anointing? Huh? How much of the anointing did you get? Did you get part Holy Spirit? Hmm? We have funny lingo in the church. We don't even know what we're saying most of the time. I won't say most of the time. But, some, but the anointing which you have received from him, uh, by so Holy Spirit, come. Uh, I, I'm already inside of you. I, I don't know how much more, I don't, I don't know how else I can do this. I'm here. Amen. Receive from him abides in you, and you do not need that anyone teach you. Now, let's stop right here. This is not telling you that you don't need teachers in your life. I don't need nobody teaching me. The Holy Ghost is my only teacher. Yeah, you bet. That's why you're weird. You're what we, you're, it's what, you're what we call the radical fringe. All right? We do not need that anyone teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things. How many things is it, is it teaching you? It's concerning all things and is true, and is not a lie, and just as it has taught you, you will abide in Him. This whole context, and for the sake of time, we won't go through it, John is talking about how to know the error and the truth, how to spot the lie, how to spot the truth. And he says the anointing of the Spirit is what will teach you that. You don't need people telling you what's true and what's not. The Spirit is there to teach you. Amen. He's there to keep you in truth. All right? That's what that's about. Amen. Because if it's, if it's throwing out all people as teachers, then we've got to throw out a lot of Paul's writings and Jesus and all that. But we know that's not what it's saying. 
Where are we now? Oh, yeah. Back to Luke. And this is the last part. Luke chapter 1, verse 44. To finish this story with Mary and Elizabeth. Verse 44. For indeed, because remember when she said, why has... Uh, why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Verse 45. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. Now see, here's the thing. These, these truths that... I'm bringing here to you tonight, are not just special or specific to that moment. These are what are known as axiomatic truths. They're true for all and true for all time. Right? Nothing is impossible with God. Is that only true one time? No, no, no. That's true for all time. All right? If it's true for all time, then it's true for your time. It's true for you right now. All right? So then your response, let it be to me according to your word. That it's still relevant right now. You're doing impossible things, Lord. Things that are impossible for me, you're making those things possible in my life. And then, and then, but I want you to notice this, this last thing that we just saw. She said, blessed is she who believed. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which are told her from the Lord. Same truth for you, still applies to you. Through faith, you will see the fulfillment of God's word in your life. And blessed are you who believe, because that's what you will see. Hmm? Can you believe that tonight? All right? Both of these issues are faith issues. It's always about faith. Always. It's always about believing. Amen. Amen. Now, I've been desperate. I've been desperate at times, but I, I found out something. My desperation didn't get anything done. My whining and crying didn't get anything done. Hmm? But believing God has always proved fruitful. Amen. Blessed are you who believe. Amen. Why don't we just stand together for just a moment? For whatever situation you're in, whatever challenge you're facing, whatever difficulty, I want you to just raise your hands right now to the Lord. And tonight, we're going to declare these things together with God. Say it with me. With God, nothing is impossible. Lord, let it be to me according to your word. I believe. I believe your word. Therefore, I will see the fulfillment of your word of your promise in my life. And now I take this stance in faith and I will not doubt and I will not fear. I will believe God. And so Lord, in advance, I thank you for it. I thank you, Lord, for it. It's done. It's finished. It's accomplished. Thank you, Lord, for my breakthrough. Thank you for my healing. Thank you, Lord, for my promotion. Thank you, Lord, for, for restoration. Thank you, Lord, God, for your help. Thank you for your wisdom. Thank you, Lord, for your provision. 
Hallelujah in Jesus' mighty name. Just lift your voices and bless Him. You want to pray in the Spirit? Pray in the Spirit. Let's exalt the wonderful name of Jesus. Hallelujah. As David said, I will bless the Lord at all times. Whether it's a good time or it's a bad time, I will bless Him. I will magnify Him. Lord, thank You right now for the anointing of the Spirit of God that's here to remove every burden and to destroy, God, every yoke. Thank You, Lord, right now that fear is dissipating in Jesus' name. Thank You, Lord, right now, right now that chains are falling off in Jesus' name. The bondages are, are breaking in Jesus' name. Thank you right now, God, for wisdom, Lord, where there has, has been clouded judgment, where there has been confusion, God. Now the wisdom of God would pierce through all that darkness and bring that, that, that bright light, God, of revelation and understanding and insight and knowledge in the name of Jesus. Thank you right now, God. We, we look to you, and Lord, we believe that nothing's impossible with our God. Thank you, Lord, for moving things that have to be moved and shifting things and, and growing things and, and changing things, God. Because, Lord, we choose to believe you tonight. Tonight, here, right now. No matter what happened yesterday, now we believe you. Right now. Right now we choose. Right now we have hope. Because we understand tonight that the hope does not disappoint. Because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So we have hope tonight. Thank you, Lord. And Lord, I thank you even for revealing, revealing some things. I feel like the Lord is saying to maybe some of you tonight, maybe one, I don't know, but, but there's, there's just some things in your thinking that just need to, I mean, just one change, just one shift in your thought. And you've been wrestling, you've been kind of going through the cyclical thing of thinking one way. And, and if you'll just say, Lord, uh, I... I Help me expand my thinking, expand the knowledge so, so I can get a new thought, you know? And, and so we need to tonight just bring that stronghold down, all right? That's where those strongholds are, right between your two ears, all right? All right, you don't have to go out there and rebuke the sky. What you need to do is get your mind right. <laughs> Amen. This stronghold needs to come down. So let me just lead you in a scripture, okay, tonight? Uh, I mean, all of us need our minds renewed anyway, so this will apply to all of us. All right. So just say, to, uh, just say with me, tonight I cast down every argument, every imagination that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and I bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. In Jesus' name, Amen. 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 There's new thoughts coming tonight. Amen. You're going to see a new way. Clarity is coming to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.